Welcome to Leo Rising, a living tarot and creative intuition podcast. Here we'll have a conversational exploration of tarot, personal and spiritual growth and identity formation. It's less of a how-to and more of a come along on the journey with me. I'll process stories from my life, both from the past and the current moment that I'm moving through, to give listeners things to think about in their own journey. I'll also be introducing you to wonderful humans who are exploring these topics in their lives, either personally, professionally, or both. So my name is Jenna Fox, and I'm an educator, writer, tarot reader, and queer adoptee witch mama. What I'm not is an expert. So if you're a seeker, if you've got a curious mind and are interested in esoteric topics, then this is the podcast for you. And I'm so excited to have you. Let's get started on the journey, shall we? I've missed you guys. I feel like I have taken a lot of time away from recording podcasts in sort of a live time fashion. And part of that is due to the fact that over winter break, which, you know, I am an instructor. And so I have this schedule where I kind of do a lot of like push and pull where I work really, really hard in the fall. And then I get a couple weeks off in in the winter over the holidays. And then I work really, really hard for about six months. I do have a tiny spring break, which is about uh, four days long. And if I don't decide to work through it, which I often do to prep for the next quarter. But this winter break was filled with pre-recording a lot of uh, interview episodes that you're going to be listening to over the next couple of months as um, things just progress in this way. And it was really helpful for me to feel so um, ahead of the game and prepared. And it actually was to my benefit because right at the tail end of my winter break, I was in a fender bender. It was kind of a freak accident um, because we don't really know what happened at the scene of the accident. I rear-ended somebody at a stoplight the medics and I had to be taken to the emergency room via ambulance and it was it was pretty um, terrifying for me emotionally just because the way my brain was working after the accident um, was so discombobulated and it was this just this accident where at the at the scene the medic said I had low blood blood sugar and Anyway, I just, I spent about 10 or f- to 14 days really just resting before I jumped back into work. And during that time, I had a mild concussion where my brain really could only focus on one thing at a time and I couldn't think too hard. So I'm somebody who's prone to overanalyzing and thinking really hard about things and going into social situations really just kind of, um, you know, like micro analyzing, especially if there's family involved. And I really just spent a lot of time, like if I'm folding laundry, I'm folding laundry. And if I'm doing the dishes, I'm doing the dishes, which has been an interesting, um, now kind of being on the other side of that, uh, where my brain seems to be back in full force. There was a sweet easiness in my life to 
having my brain just be slower, slowed down and not constantly spinning and swirling and thinking and strategizing and um, obsessing over the future. It was, it was nice to be in the flow. And I've noticed that there's been some um, anger or frustration that my brain is back to working how it normally does because I'm spending a lot of time thinking about things and it's sometimes exhausting. So while I was away, I couldn't really spend much time on social media and that was something that I had I'd been actually thinking about taking uh, a strategic social media break, which feels so strange to say as somebody who spends a lot of time on social media, specifically Instagram, but in general spends a lot of time on my phone looking on the internet. And in so many ways, I feel like social media and the internet and these ways of connecting with others and with content and constantly thinking about stuff um, is such a beautiful thing. Like it keeps my mind so stimulated. And yet I notice that I start to feel like it's uh, a different reality. It's a different reality. And I sometimes prefer to live in that reality, which makes it hard to live in my physical reality. And it also sometimes seems to bypass my own spiritual and intuitive reality. I have been asking myself the question lately around, am I experiencing vicariously other people's spiritual paths? in a procrastination from trying to experience my own that there's um there's a subtlety to sitting and grounding and being in my own meditation and perceiving my own intuition that is quiet and not very sexy for the most part and there's something about seeing images on instagram of witches with amazing rituals and awesome tarot spreads and beautiful captions to lovely nature pictures from wherever they are or wonderful like courses being launched and other things that i start to feel like if i can just continue to consume the byproduct of other people's spiritual practices, then I don't have to do any of my own work or I don't have to do it as much or I feel self-conscious that what I am doing isn't enough, that I'm not connected enough to source or God or the universe or um, my own deep inner knowing um, because it's not showing up in this real sexy way. So that's kind of what I've been thinking about. And as my brain started to heal, I, I actually had for the first time in a really long time, a burst of creativity for my memoir. And it was actually sparked by my tarot practice. So that is one thing when I when I wasn't able to be on social media, the decision was basically made for me by my brain in this accident was that not only did thinking too hard hurt, But looking at screens specifically and reading really hurt, really hurt my head in this way that I now have much more empathy for people who have gone through traumatic brain injuries of any type and um, who are dealing with that because it was like a sharp pain in my head 
different than headaches I've had before. It was like I, when you squint your eyes too hard and you start to get like that, like sharp, sharp pain. It was like that, but I wasn't squinting. I wasn't doing anything, but just trying to scroll and my head hurt. So this is where tarot has been really, really helpful for me. And the, the deck that I've been really just drawing the most inspiration from right now is the Pagan Otherworlds. Um, it, it, it feels like it has this way of softly cutting through BS and really being supportive uh, at the same time as it is also calling me into some more... Um, just exploration of the things that I need to confront. And so I did a tarot spread for starting my memoir again. And the information that it gave me um, was really, was really brilliant. I mean, it was like exactly what I needed to hear when I asked the question, like, what do I need to focus on? It was the three of swords. And I knew that I had been avoiding talking or writing about some of the pain that I had experienced in my life and had sort of tried to gloss over it. And I realized, yeah, for first draft, I need to kind of go raw and then rein it back in. So, so there's that. If you've been following along, um, you've noticed that uh, the interviews have started to come out, which is great. They'll be going out through um, the first part of April, at least is what I have scheduled. But I'm wanting to pop on here every now and then and give you sort of some live time updates about my life. I miss talking into the microphone and sharing sort of these little rambles about things that are going on. So I wanted to share with you today a listener email that uh, really hit me in a profound way. And I was so pleased that someone had taken the time to not only listen to my podcast, but to write me such a thoughtful response to engage in this dialogue, which is all about what I, I'm wanting to do here. And so I just wanted to read it to you and kind of give some of my follow-up thoughts. So this this listener email was in response to my Witch New Year um, podcast episode that I had uh, originally um, recorded back on the day after Samhain, so on November 1st, and released it recently in, in December, on December 30th or December 31st. So the listener writes, hello, Jenna, I listened to your Witch New Year podcast last night and enjoyed it very much. I would like to offer up a few thoughts on your question of what comes between the world and the fool. My first thought is that you are right on target with this question, as one of the possible answers is that Samhain is the exact time to ask that question. One of the fascinating contrasts between Samhain and New Year's Eve is that with Samhain, the year ends at sundown and the new year begins with the rising of the sun on November 1st. This leaves a gap in time, a liminal space between the ending of one state of time and the beginning of the other, and it is this space out of time that is in stark contrast with New Year's Eve. There is no gap in time. It's a don't blink or you will miss it kind of ritual that we celebrate, counting down to get it exactly right. So my first thought about what lies between the world and the fool is a Samhain-like gap in time, a timelessness, a suspension of time. My second thought was mathematical. 
Zeno's paradox of the tortoise and Achilles, which is essentially that if you are going from A to B, the world to fool, let's say, if you half the distance and half the distance again and keep going on halving the distance, you get caught in an infinite process and never actually really arrive. It is a similar kind of state as Samhain night. The paradox creates an idea about crossing a space that suspends you in time. What lies between the world and the fool is infinity. My third thought was about a paradox, this one from Kabbalistic thought about how the universe was created. Instead of the traditional view of God as creator, making everything from nothing, the Kabbalists believe that God being infinite, in order for it to be possible that the world could come into being, needed to withdraw from himself into himself, and doing so left a void in which creation could occur. This void is called zimzum which is a Hebrew word that means contraction, constriction, condensation. What is wonderful about this philosophy of how the world begins is that it is ultimately about the divine feminine, the zimzum being the womb that is necessary so that creation can occur. So of all three thoughts, this is my favorite explanation of what comes between the world and the fool. It is a space of withdrawal, a contraction, which occurs to allow the fool's journey to be able to be created anew. I hope you enjoy these thoughts. I very much enjoyed listening to your thought process on this. Thank you so much, Lisa, who is at Ninth Wave Design on Instagram. Okay, so first of all, this email was so beautiful and is exactly the kind of conversation that I love having with my friends IRL offline, off the podcast and on the podcast, of course, too, but really kind of diving into these topics. And I've got to be honest, I was completely blown away because I do all this musing in my head. And then here is somebody who has three beautiful points, three different ways of looking at it. And I feel a little silly that I hadn't spent any time doing major research on um, Samhain or New Year's or any of the, the possible other religious or spiritual contexts. And so that was my first thought was like, oh, gosh, I didn't do my research. And then remembering back to that episode, I was really feeling my feels. And so I was like, okay, this is great. So let's talk about point number one that Lisa talks about. I didn't realize that there was this gap in time. I thought that the night of Samhain sort of extended just like our New Year's, um, extended into kind of this the almost sunrise. And now that I know that it the day ends at sundown and the new year begins at sunrise, I think it is going to take my Samhain evening ritual to a whole new level, not because I'm going to engage in any particular um, way that is really, you know, strategic and maximizing, but just the knowing that there's that gap and there's that floating. It makes me think about 
float tanks. I don't know if you have done that um, before where you live, if that's even like an option. Um, but here we have these saltwater float tanks where it's the, the saltwater is supposed to be like the perfect temperature for your skin. And it's a real shallow little tank and you get in this pod and it it's kind of like space agey and and it's dark and you float um so your body is super buoyant it can't sink and it's not a lot of water and you float in this tank in this way where if now i'm i'm rather large compared to the rest of the population um at six one and so there were times when i would float and i would kind of bump into the wall but when i wasn't when i was completely still and floating it was like being weightless and timeless and spaceless and like my body melted away and it felt a little bit like being in this infinite sort of liminal space that I experience on Samhain. So I love that of the contrast between the witch's new year, which allows for there to be that, that gap, the space between the ending of one thing and the beginning of another in comparison to our Western uh, New Year, which ends at 12.59 p.m. and there's a countdown to a very specific um, moment. It also makes me think about a conversation that I had with my husband, or several conversations, but of course I'm boiling it down to one, where when we were talking about our religious upbringings, when we were first dating, um, he was a theology major. So he was getting um, a master's of divinity and he was focusing on theology. And he was talking about the way that I was raised was that truth was like a bullseye. It was like, it was like a target for an arrow and you're shooting an arrow and that there's a center of a bullseye. But then if you break it down even further, there's the center of the center, right? You can get infinitesimally small. And that's that idea of sin or being right with God or this sort of spiritual idea that I was raised with is like everyone's backsliding and no one's good enough because the the target for being good enough is or not sinful becomes just incredibly 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 tiny and it's really hard to make it be perfect whereas the tradition that he was raised in which was still within the christian tradition was more like there is this pasture and there's some fences of belief in order to consider yourself a part of this tradition but it's perfectly acceptable to be a cow in this pasture wandering around um, eating grass from sort of all four corners or the middle or the side and i've also heard it described um, as being in a river and that any part of the river the stream is completely acceptable as is sitting on the riverbank dipping your toes in the water and so it made me think of this this like vastness that is still sort of specific right sundown to, to sunrise is still like a specific set of time and yet within that that feels very um wide and spacious and the ability to explore whereas that uh new year's eve does feel very specific like you could get it down to the to the minute the second the millisecond the i'm sure there's something smaller than that but my brain starts to melt 
And then when Lisa goes on and talks about Zeno's paradox of the tortoise and Achilles, this um, idea of going from A to B and then having that distance, um, it is something that I uh, wouldn't I wouldn't have known about because it feels like math to me. Um, and I remember vaguely going back to um, I don't know if it was a chemistry, I think it was a chemistry class that said that we can't touch anything, that it, that there is this idea of like, we can't physically touch something um, because of that, that distance between our molecules. And, and so I loved thinking about the distance from the world to the fool and that infinity that exists between there. And then thinking about how or what is between each of the cards in let's say the major arcana because it feels like in the minor arcana that there are moments between those two um i've actually really enjoyed looking on pinterest and seeing that there is a before tarot deck and an after tarot deck that shows um, an artist's idea about like what happened the moment right before the the standard um tarot cards that we um, we know and love from Pamela Coleman Smith but then I agreed with uh, Lisa ninth wave design on Instagram in her email about this this third idea of um, how the universe was created and I had never actually heard I had heard the word zimzum but I didn't know or it hadn't been described in this way to me that God constricted or retracted or withdrew in order to leave a void for creation to exist and i feel that when i read it it was so it like washed through my body in this way that felt so grounded and true and beautiful and it also reframed a lot of my um previous conceptions um misconceptions, I guess, about how constriction or contraction is a bad thing or a difficult thing, right? And I know that in Lindsay Mack's um, Terror for the Wild Soul course, we talked about, she talked about expansion and contraction and, and we can't just keep expanding on forever, right? The contraction is needed. But when I'm experiencing or feeling contraction in my life, I tend to say to myself or look at it at negatively, like I am somehow not doing something right. It's my fault or I should be or I should be doing this or that or the other thing, right? Or I want to be in a place where I'm feeling expansive and to know that there's this belief that the world was created from um, a fundamental contraction of source or God, the creator, and that that's what allowed creativity and creation and life to begin. That makes me think about where in my life could I be experiencing some of this symptom, um divine feminine this idea of like if if i'm feeling constricted and contracted is that just leaving a little space for creativity to flourish in my life so those are my sunday morning thoughts for you all i love the the conversation that is happening 
I'm loving all of the interviews that I've done and I'm putting out weekly. So um, you will hear from me uh, like this more often, um, might not be as often as weekly, but I definitely am going to be hopping on and sharing some of the things that I am personally learning along this journey. So just like Lisa did, don't hesitate to reach out, to email me. Um, to uh, send me a DM on Instagram at Leo Rising Tarot and let me know your thoughts or what you're moving through and maybe I'll read it on air. Hey friends, thanks for listening to Leo Rising, a tarot and creative intuition podcast. As of January 2021, this podcast and all of the information is archived. So feel free to listen to the episodes. The wisdom of the tarot is everlasting, but much of the information about um, booking a reading from people has changed in the last couple of years. So know that there isn't a tarot um, Instagram account or email address or way to get a hold of me for readings at this point. And of course, I will update that in the future if it changes.